Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. Uh-oh. And I'm Valerie Comer. We start again? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we should start again. <laughs> Let's do that again. That freeze completely mm. up. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so you chose the right time to freeze at the very beginning. <laughs> All right. Take two. <laughs> Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And Valerie Comer. Lee Wen Ho is back with us again today to chat about Marriage of Convenience CCR. Thanks for joining us, Lee Wen. Thanks for having me. So um, before we get to book recommendations, we have questions, we have conversation to have because I think Marriage of Convenience has some things that are worthy of good talk time. <laughs> um, I see in reader groups that I look at that people don't often feel, well, there are a group of people who feel that uh, Marriage of Convenience is not... Um, realistic in contemporary romance, that it's just something, you know, like on the Oregon Trail and your husband got killed by a bear and your wife died in childbirth because she had dysentery. And, you know, <laughs> you know, um, so you band together to save the homestead kind of thing. Um, but what, what do you think? Do you agree? Is there a good foundation for a marriage of convenience in modern day CCR? What do you think, Lee um, I actually asked my reader group this question. Oh, yay. And yeah, most of them said it's not realistic. <laughs> but um, one person did say she has a distant cousin who had a marriage of convenience. So oh. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But I think the um, part about it not being realistic kind of makes it more interesting to read and write about. Yeah, that's definitely true. That's definitely true. Valerie, what do you think? I was thinking many of the the uh, basis for our stories are, are not realistic they're fiction <laughs> and so that you know I mean we have to give ourselves a little allowance for that uh, having said that it's true that there were many more reasons historically where um, women were unable to protect themselves or whatever um, without uh, without a spouse um, I had more words for that but um, financial stuff as well um, so there may be fewer like legitimate reasons currently, but I'm sure that they do exist. And fictionally, you can kind of pull, um, you know, kind of get, get to that as well. It, and the other thing too, with divorce so readily available these days, I mean, I can see how people would go, well, we'll just do it for like two years and then it'll be fine and we'll just go our separate ways and it'll be no big deal. Whereas historically that they were, they were now stuck with that other person. That's true. Cool. Narelle? Well, I will confess, I do prefer marriage of convenience in historical romance and Regency and all those types of stories. So um, I will be the, the more of the skeptic when it comes to contemporary. But that said, it completely depends on the story. And so there are some marriage of convenience books that I really do love. And there are some that I'm just like, nah, that premise, nah, I just can't live with that. And I think in the general market, it's used in a very different way. Like I remember the old joke 
used to be in the romance writing circles that um, authors, when in when the move happened a couple of decades ago to introduce um, sexier scenes in stories, that there were many um, authors who would ma make sure the couples were married before any of that happened on the page and would justify including sex scenes on the grounds that they're married so it's it's a really interesting topic but we can get into more details on that later <laughs> okay all right um i i tend to agree it's not super realistic but um i still love it uh i it is i sort of see it as a little guilty pleasure trope because it is it is truly fiction right but yeah. um but fun because there's a lot of fun things that you can do with a marriage of convenience trope that you can't really do with best friends or, you know, your brother's best friend or any of the other more typical tropes. So as an author, I like it. And as a reader, if it's done well, there are some setups that I've read that I'm like, Meh. no, you know, you could have gotten yeah, around a marriage of convenience true. with like, yeah. A phone call so yeah. <laughs> um but yeah yeah all right so in contemporary marriage of convenience what are things that you love to see in the in the book what are you looking for in there Lewin? um i think they're just fun because there's so many different layers of tropes involved mm -hmm. So there's like a forced proximity where mm -hmm. they're stuck in the same house, um, maybe in the same bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and also um, uh, kind of like a fake relationship as well. Yeah. So I think it just creates so much tension. Um, also opportunities for like physical closeness and physical chemistry. Yeah. So I think all those layers just really makes it um, so much more different than like just, you know, like you're saying, just another kind of trope that's very one dimensional. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Valerie? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I put down too. They're they're fun because of the for, forced proximity and the slow burn. Um, they may or may not even know each other at the beginning. Uh, may have just you know very passing acquaintance, or they might know each other quite well. That happens often too. Um, but they tend to have a much closer relationship um, than most dating stories, where you you know. They could go out of their way and, and not run into each other for a few weeks. And that's not going to happen in a marriage of convenience. They're, they're forced to deal with stuff, whether they want to or not, uh, including figuring out, yeah, the bedroom logistics, because invariably there's somebody comes over and, you know, would notice if they're not sharing a room. Yeah. So. Nobel. Well, I always look at marriage of convenience as being part of the fake relationship trope. It's like a sub part of that. And so what I'm looking for if a fake relationship is going to move into marriage of convenience is an extremely compelling reason for why these people need to be married. There has to be something on the line. If we don't get married, then something bad is going to happen to something we love, care about, need, want or whatever. So if you can come up with that hook, that is really compelling and fascinating, then you've, you've got me with a marriage of convenience. Okay. But I've got to have that initial, I've got to get past the implausibility thing and I've got to absolutely be of the characters and say, yes, you need to get married because of blah, blah, blah. Cool. Excellent. Um, curious you guys if we could could make a list of, of the plausible reasons because it seems to me like there's a very limited number of 
those. Um, but I when we talk about stories. I don't know. I think it's, I think there's a lot of room for creativity in terms of the reasons for why. I think there's an endless number of reasons for why a marriage convenience setup will actually work, but it really requires the author to dig deep and to really look at the characters, look at their deepest desires, look at what's really important to them and work out how to blow the place up basically. I'm going to, your life is destroyed if this doesn't happen. And that's what will suck me into a story. That's what will draw me in is looking for that. Yeah. 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 I think you guys hit all the things that I look for. Um, I liked that Lee Wen mentioned the chemistry because I do think marriage of convenience, you have to have the chemistry. Sometimes like with best friends or, uh, you know, a, a different kind of trope, you can like enemies to lovers, you can get away with a little less chemistry. But I think for marriage of convenience, you need that chemistry there because it's another thing, uh, especially in Christian romance, where you have some good conflict and tension because like technically we're married, right? So <laughs> there's some fun you can play with like um to to have some fun um I like I like that all right is there anything that you wish you could forbid every author on the planet from ever including in a marriage of convenience like is there just something that you hate to see um and wish you never had to read again Lee Wen? um I actually can't think of anything so I asked okay. my reader group again <laughs> so my readers uh several of them mentioned no divorce Okay. You know, whatever happens, um, they would hope that the couple would, be, you know, decide to work it out, even if they were just going to date at the end, mm -hmm. but that they wouldn't get divorced, which I agree with. Yeah, yeah. that would be a very sad ending. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would, yes it, would. it would. Valerie? I didn't come up with anything for this one either. I have a, a big, long paragraph for the next question, though. So <laughs> Narelle? Well, I have something and it tags in along to what um, Elizabeth said earlier. So I can't stand a marriage of convenience, particularly when the heroine says, I'm never having sex with you at all. Like that, when there's no, no chemistry, no connection, I'm just like, this is a Christian romance and marriage is a sacred thing. Have you read the Bible? Um, why are you doing this if you have absolutely a dead set against ever being intimate with this person? And that to me is probably the biggest thing that will make me toss a marriage of convenience is that type of um, attitude in the story, if, for want of a better word. If there's no chemistry and there's no even that little 1% openness to possibly this could be real, this could be meaningful, this could be forever. If that's not there, then in a Christian romance, I'll toss it. Yeah. So I, I am with Narelle and Lee Wen, um, or Lee Wen's readers. I really don't like when there's this assumption from the beginning of, oh, well, we'll just do this for two years and then get divorced. Like a divorce is a yeah. foregone conclusion, which ties into the idea that it's they're, yeah. you're just ruling out that it could ever be real. Um, yeah. be, especially in Christian romance, because, you know, for as, as accepted as divorce is just across the board, uh, culturally and in the church, like there's no difference. Um, that makes me sad. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, it, it is a serious thing to be married. Um, and so if you're even with marriage of convenience, I do think that, you know, you need to be willing to go all in and not look at it as a band-aid with a two-year exit plan or something. 
Yeah. Um, so that's my big pet peeve. <laughs> because typically those stories could just be a fake relationship. Yeah. They don't need mm-hmm. to get married. That's that's where I get stuck on the difference. And so yeah. why are you adding a marriage of convenience when a fake relationship will cover off what you need to cover off in terms of the story? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, um, so Narelle alluded to it and Valerie mentioned she has a big paragraph for it. So our next question um, is sort of addressing the elephant in the room. And I, I mentioned sort of alluded to it too, is um, Christian romance in general, typically uh, as opposed to sweet or clean um, has an element of uh, sexual tension, but abstinence inside of it um, because of a decision that the characters, your Christian Bible-believing characters have made to live in the way that God has asked us to live in the Bible. So in a marriage of convenience though, they're technically married. So um, should this be addressed? How do you want it to be addressed? Um, Or do you feel like it's something that you just sort of ignore? Like uh, we talked about this when we um, did our, a little bit, our episode on kissing um, and sometimes how, Christians sort of veer away from this idea of physical intimacy um, and they just want squeaky clean romance with, you know, a a kiss on your pale hand and that's like the height of romance. Um, So, but with marriage of convenience, I feel like we have to, we have to go there. So, um, Lee Wen, what are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of the squeaky clean type. um... All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I think it also depends on the storyline itself. Sure. Uh, maybe I would expect more, at least internal thoughts um, that the characters would have if they were already maybe best friends or even like if they were um, dating before. Um, but if they were strangers and it was just, you know, sure. yeah, very uh, on the paper kind of thing, I wouldn't expect anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, until maybe the very end, you know, when things work out. But um yeah it's just I would actually appreciate more of the kind of will they will they not kind of uh, tension when they're discovering each other and um even like little touches or glances I actually think that's more romantic yeah but (laughs) that's me no that's good it's good all right Valerie hit us with your paragraph (laughs) (laughs) I think there is um one of the expected scenes in a marriage of convenience is that discussion where they're like, okay, yeah, maybe we can do this, but we're not, we're not going to have sex. Like it's convenience, right? It's not, it's not for that. And so I think that the the conversation has to be somewhere. It's one of the scenes that seems to need to take place, whether it has that outcome or a different one. Um, But also, um, the finale of, a, of the usual contemporary romance is an engagement or, or some kind of a promise of a happily ever after. And so these people aren't getting engaged at the end of the story. I hate to break it to you, but they're already <laughs> married, right? So this um, hint of moving off to the bedroom, for instance, would be a uh, the more appropriate finale or something that shows um, even an after scene where, where you know that, um, that they have in fact consummated their relationship. Okay. Yeah. Narelle? 
Well, I mean, I don't want the door open at all. And I think I've come across um, Christian writers who have said, well, um, sex in a marriage is beautiful, blah, blah, blah. It should be celebrated. I'm like, nah, I don't want to read that on the page. And I don't think that most Christian, contemporary Christian Romans readers want to read it on the page or they'd be reading General Market where they can find it everywhere on the page. So I think that um, the CCR needs to be a safe place where readers aren't going to be put into a situation where they're reading explicit material for starters so I'm happy for the door to be closed and I think if I get to the end of a book and I don't think the door's been closed and something's happened then I'm often frustrated by the story as well so it's like it needs it's like it needs to happen at some point for me to be satisfied that they're genuinely not going to get divorced and go their separate ways that they really are going to have a happily ever after but it, it doesn't need to be highlighted and if someone's pregnant at the end of the book that's fine with me and that's often one of the ways that stories will end as well, that um, please do not open the door. <laughs> no, I agree. I no, agree with for that. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I tend to agree that I feel like, um, well, because again, I really like the chemistry. Um, so I feel like there needs to be chemistry. And I do think that with Christians being married, you know, you've removed the obstacle to to following through on that chemistry um and it does then also complicate the idea that this is just temporary and we're gonna dissolve it at the end so i i do like it from that standpoint but again like uh, you know (laughs) i'm just as happy to have like someone whistling in the morning and then a converse you don't need to see any of it right you don't um you know no no details on the page at all um i think it can be handled really tactfully um and still give the same you know knowledge and and fuzzy warmness that you would get um without crossing into titillating because ccr should not titillate that's just not the purpose (laughs) agreed cool all right Um, so yeah sorry can i mention um i think there's an might be another way that you could kind of show the happy ending which is what i've done before is to include either an engagement or like another wedding at the very end if you don't want to go Yes, you could absolutely do like a recommitment, a renewal of vows yeah. or, you know, with your family now, if you snuck off and got married, you know, by Elvis as for the convenient factor. <laughs> um, yeah, there are absolutely those are good ways for sure to do that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So books, let's let's go books. Um, Lee Wen, why don't you start us off? Okay, um, so my first book, looking at my notes here, um, yeah. is Calming the Storm by Melanie D. Snicker. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was um, written a few years ago, but um, basically what happens is that there were uh, the two characters, Brandon and Rachel, and it's interesting, but Brandon is actually Rachel's uh, professor in college. So um, they didn't really know each other in the sense that you know they were even friends. But um, once she dropped out, he did notice her. And then once she dropped out of his class, he uh, kind of wanted to find out more about why. So she, the reason she dropped out was to gain custody of her niece um, after her sister and brother-in-law passed away. And the reason why she you know, had to um, get married was because, um, well, she didn't really have a stable job. Um, and you know, she also was young, single, 
so the social worker was, you know, um, kind of on her case. And there was also a, um, I think the uh, brother-in-law's uncle and aunt who were interested in taking care of the niece. So the professor stepped in, um, a God-fearing man, and he, you know, offered to marry her. And then, you know, um, also put her on his insurance with the, along with the girl. Um, so I think, you know, whenever there's a kid involved in the situation, it's a pretty compelling reason. Um, and it was also just really uh, interesting to see um, her progression from not trusting anyone because she actually grew up in the foster system. So she didn't trust anyone, she didn't trust him, but she was desperate. So she eventually came to really um, rely on him, also his family, and you know, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there was one line that I really, really um, was touched by, let me see. Um, oh, so basically when she confides in him that she was afraid of meeting people because they would always leave her, he said, you don't need to be worried and about meeting, you don't need to be worried about meeting someone if you know that they need you just as much. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, that's that, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Very good. Cool. I haven't read that one. And behind Melanie has so many books. <laughs> like behind. She has several marriage of convenience yeah. ones as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Valerie, what's your first one? Um, I am going to go with Hope for Family by Elizabeth Madry. <laughs> the winner is. Oh, on my list. <laughs> I left one for you, Narelle. <laughs> it's okay. Tommy's <laughs> uh, ex is uh, messing with him and withholding their daughter, Olivia. And one of the things I enjoyed about this is, yes, there's a kid, but the kid is a um, teenager, right? Tween? Teen? Yeah, I can't remember 13. exactly. Yeah. But she's definitely not like a toddler. Um, <clears throat> and so he's, uh, Tommy is, is he, he doesn't know how to get better, like more access to his daughter's life. And so he blurts out that he's seeing someone and then he has to make good on it. And um, so it starts out with fake relationship as we were talking earlier about layering tropes. And um, Jade is surprisingly up for that. But then you realize that um, Jade is feeling sorry for Olivia because Jade never had a relationship with her dad at all and she's spent years being really bitter about that and so if she can make this kid able to have a relationship with her dad then she feels at least she's not a complete waste of space in the world she can do something useful for somebody else and so she um, agrees to be the fake girlfriend which rapidly turns into a fake fiance and then the daughter is like planning their wedding and, and she's like, so it just flips into a marriage of convenience, um, which was really quite fun. Beth, I really enjoyed how you did that. Thank you. So, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. But she had compelling reasons, I thought, for choosing to go ahead. She didn't feel like she deserved happiness on her own anyway but she could help this child. So that, that worked for me. That one got away from me. It actually was never supposed to be a marriage of convenience. It really was just supposed to be fake relationship. <laughs> but then Olivia came on the scene and kind of took over and I'm like, well, I guess this is where we're going now. 
characters do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine sure do. Yeah. All right, Norella, what do you got? Well, I'm going to continue talking about hope for family <laughs> because I th- it really ticks the boxes on why a marriage of convenience can work in a contemporary because it's he has just been like I mean we, when you this is book five in Hope Ranch isn't it so we've actually watched Tommy from the beginning of the series and he's absolutely heartbroken that his horrible awful ex is just doing everything she can to scheme and manipulate and block him from seeing from having access to Olivia like they'll arrange a time and she'll change change it at the last minute he'll drive miles to meet his daughter and then suddenly the exes said no 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 it's not happening and just all these games and all this stuff and I really think that's very relatable in real life there are not just men but women as well depending on how the custody situation set up that really are absolutely heartbroken over the fact that they have a former spouse or former partner who is blocking them from seeing their children so this is a really deep distressing need that he has and so when he ends up with the fake relationship moving into a marriage of convenience um jay just really sort of plugs into the situation his daughter's in because she relates to it but it's a different context she didn't know her father but it had nothing to do with um necessarily what her mother was doing you can read the series to understand how jade fits into it um but it just really made so much sense like there was no he didn't really have another option and even if he hadn't have blurted out that he had a fake that he had a partner when he really didn't it still i think would have landed in the same place as well like it was the dominoes were just rolling where this was going to end up with him needing to find a spouse as soon as possible because his daughter's life is at stake in all of this and she's 13 and she's not getting any younger and um he's missed out on all these years with us so for me it just really grabbed me by the throat this story and just really spoke of that sort of deep-seated need for parents and children to have relationships and stuff and that's what I'm looking for in marriage of convenience I'm looking for those really deep emotional needs that are being met by the marriage and then it's not trivial and silly it actually makes a lot of sense and it's very compelling All right, so um, my first one is Nothing More by Autumn MacArthur. Um, and this is in her Love in Store series. Um, and uh, I just found this one. I didn't realize she was still writing in her Love in Store series because I know she's writing Chapel Cove books, but um, I found this one and I was very excited. So uh, these are actually older people. I believe they're in their 60s. Um, and they have had a long-standing marriage of convenience. They are British aristocracy, um, and well, she is British aristocracy, and so um, her family married her off to a wealthy American, sort of uh, in a, they needed money to keep the estate kind of situation, Um, and so, um, they had this marriage of convenience for years and years and years. They have one child. Um, and then he, he kind of went his way and she stayed on the estate. They never got divorced, but he certainly hasn't been living as if he's been married, uh, while in Texas. And, um, he comes back to England for their son's wedding, which they're having in the hospital chapel because, um, the woman, whose name I did not write down, um, <laughs> turn it, uh, is uh, very ill. And I, um, 
I believe she has cancer. She's doing cancer treatments um, and is not expected to live super long, which is why they're going ahead and having this sort of quick, not, not British aristocracy wedding just here in the chapel. Um, and so it reconnects and there's, you know, they're married, but now they're in a different place in their life. They're in a different spiritual place. They've both come to know Jesus over the course of their lives. And um, they're now at a place where they realize um, that they really do love each other and they want to make amends. And it's, it's a really beautiful second chance inside the marriage of convenience. Um, it, it was just really a beautiful story of, of restoration. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. Not, um, not your typical romance, like at, you know, at all, because they are older and they have all this history. Um, but it, it just is a beautiful story. And it's not really royalty romance either from the sounds of it. It just happens no. to be, yeah. They're just like duchess landed, you know, which not like my, my American impression of, of just rich British, you know, with a title yeah. of some sort and a family estate, but not, not related to the royals really at all. Just, just landed, landed gentry kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not royalty at all, but it is, um, you know, an estate that we could never afford, and that in fact she yeah. could not afford. They needed they needed the Texas oil money to continue to hold on to their land, um, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, which goes back to the changes a hundred years ago with how the um, taxation and everything worked. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, can I ask? Was there a reason why he agreed to marry her? Um, because he was a scrappy Texan from the wrongs. So he was buying legitimacy, basically. Um, he, you know, he had money, but not status and contacts in the, the areas that he needed. And so her family had those contacts. So it was a way for him to grow his business. Um, yeah. And, and get legitimacy. Yeah. And did they ever, did they ever address the, the, the child? Like, how that all worked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, not, not really. I mean, I, they didn't go back over a whole lot of the history and the son is in his twenties at this point or thirties, maybe thirties at this point um, in the story. He left very shortly after the son was born. I seem to recall. Um, and the was, son would be born to keep the royal, the not the, the line going. So yeah. he has to, to inherit to keep all yeah. that going. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and I think he was doing work overseas and was supposed to be coming back. There is a little bit of drama, and I do recall it, it's a little spoilery. They do address some of it why he left in the first place. Um, but it's it's not super angsty because it's all so far in the past, which is nice. Um, but it was, they did definitely both get something out of the marriage of convenience. There was a reason they were both willing to do it um, to get started. So, yeah. All right, do you have a second book, Leeman? Um, I do, it's one of my, my own. Uh, one of my own. <laughs> Yay, okay. Oh, okay, um, it's um, my second Spark Brothers book. It's a set in Spark. The main character is also named Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and basically, it's a another kind of custody battle. Um, 
storyline where he and his uh, old college friend, Bria, they reunite at a book signing because he's a romance author. And um, basically she has a son that she had out of wedlock many years ago. It's like 10 years later that they're meeting again. She never um, told him why she had left school. You know, she was too ashamed. And he was, you know, just thrilled to see her again, <laughs> but she wasn't so much. <laughs> so basically, long story short, um, her ex comes back into their lives and he wants to get married again, but it's more for show um, because he's running for office um, to be mayor and he's just not a, not a nice guy at all. So <laughs> he's never been there for their son. Yeah, so she basically is willing to marry Brandon and Brandon's more than willing to marry her. You know, um, she was his first love, first crush, and he's been single, never actually dated. So, um, but he's just uh, very willing to, you know, uh, you know, give it all for her and for her son. So, they do get married. Um, things work out yeah. <laughs> in the end. And um, so, I had it where they actually, uh, spoiler alert, he proposes again. So, for real. Mm, so, yeah. That's I enjoyed that story. It's been a while yeah. since I read it, but yeah. uh, I did. I do remember enjoying it. So did I. <laughs> yeah. And it was a very believable setup because again, what is it? I think it's the kids, right? Yes. You know, you got to do what you need to do to protect the kids and give them the best leg uh, that they can have for their life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've read a marriage of convenience with custody and kids that I haven't liked. Yeah. To be honest, I can't think of one that um, that I tossed. So that's probably a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie, your second? Um, my second one, I've got a, a big list here. So I'm just going to go with one that does not have children in it. Okay. The Reluctant <laughs> Groom by Kimberly Rose Johnson. It's part of her Brides yeah. of Seattle series. Yeah. So Ray O'Brien must marry or lose the business he is set to inherit from his grandfather. And he's poured his life into this, and this business anonymously supports his passion project, a kid's charity. Yeah. So I guess there is kids. There are kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Many kids. Um, when his sister's best friend offers to marry him, he's like taken aback because he's never really noticed her. She's one of those shy background kind of people, and he's not. But then he discovers that... Um, in fact, he doesn't even know where she works and he finds out that she's working for that charity, that she'd be without a job. She doesn't know that she'd be without a job if he lost the business, but he knows. Um, so he accepts her, he accepts her proposal. So that so was a, a different twist. I mean, it's the same, you see it often the inheritance thing, yeah. but this was a little bit of a different twist with the secret charity in, in the background. Yeah. I, love I enjoyed that, that one. It's a yeah. good series, yeah. It's fun because yeah. it's, it's billionaires without, um, you know, she doesn't call them billionaires, but they are, you know, he is a billionaire. <laughs> um, so I, it's really fun. Yeah. Nural, what's your number two? All right. My number two is the Cowboys Convenient Marriage. Hi, Valerie Comer. So have I stolen one of yours, Elizabeth? You did. That's okay. 
<laughs> but Valerie's smiling, so it's all good. So this is number four in the Saddle Springs series. And of course, this is Cowboys on a Ranch. And there's a bit of a theme with my books. It, I just worked out they both are cowboy stories with um, ranches. So there we go. <laughs> We're having a cowboy marriage and convenience episode courtesy of Narelle. Um, so this one is also an inheritance one, but this is a different inheritance one because often the inheritance is after the person has passed and there's a will reading and all it all comes out. But this one, there's great uncle, I think it's Howard, yeah. I think. Yeah. And he's been changing his mind on what he's going to do in terms of who's going to inherit his ranch. So um, we have um, Carmen and her six-year-old daughter, Juliana. And I probably didn't even need to say she was six because all Valerie's children happen to be mostly <laughs> around the age of five or six. Um, but she's adorable. <laughs> yes. And so Carmen ended up marrying, um, I think his name was Eric, and he's passed away. And so she's widowed and living on the ranch. And she's effectively running the ranch, although the great uncle's um, not convinced that she could actually run it on her own. So he's sort of like, well, you really can't inherit it, even though um, you have Juliana, who's in has some kind of entitlement because I don't think you can run it and so there's now an, another second cousin with the same relationship that Eric had to the great uncle and his name is Spencer so he's a city slicker he's grown up in Dallas Texas and he doesn't wear cowboy boots he wears loafers and um, <laughs> he's very very city-fied and um, he's got he's, he's an accountant I think and his father owns a firm so they're very financially well off and he's been dating this girl for I think something like three or four years and he's about to he's they're having a party he's about to propose to her and then he overhears her sisters talking and realizes that she's been cheating on him and I mean often people don't listen to idle gossip but what things that the sisters said fit in with things that sort of like the pieces all join in the puzzle mm -hmm. and he's like I got to get out of here. So he basically runs out of what basically escapes from this party and just disappears off the grid and ends up in Montana um, at this ranch where he's kind of work out what's going on with this inheritance thing. And so, of course, you can imagine how happy Carmen is to see him. And she's so not happy to see him. And then it all it all starts to go down and, it, and they start to learn what's going on with the young woman being indecisive about the will. And this, the attorney says to him, well, you know what, if you guys got married and if you, Spencer, were made power of attorney, then you could fix all these problems and you could both secure everything. And so they think, yeah, you know, this is about the only thing that's going to work. Otherwise, um, We've got a whole lot of things that could go wrong. You could give this money to charity, et cetera. So off they go and get married. And I just really enjoyed this one. And yeah. just has got Juliana, who's adorable. So they always have kids in them, interestingly. But I just, it, the whole premise of why they got married made a lot of sense as well. Mm -hmm. And there was also the fairness <laughs> thing in terms of the relationships, yeah. both being second cousins, the same relationship to the uncle. And Spencer genuinely cared about Carmen and and looking after her and taking care of her and he he really liked her so he was there if she had have wanted a wedding night he would have been there <laughs> Carmen was a bit slower on the uptake in terms of that but she was there was that attraction was there as well so this one had lots of that chemistry that we've been talking about that you really need to make a marriage of convenience work so I really enjoyed this one yeah yeah yep. yes yeah that was on my list too all of those things so I won't add because, <laughs> because I'm too comprehensive. It, it was perfect. 
So um, I'll go fast. Valerie's laptop battery is dying if she disappears, but we're going to try to go fast. I'm going to go fast and we'll wrap up fast. Um, my last one is The Billionaire's Destined Bride by Mandy Blake. And um, Cole is a billionaire who just broke up with his girlfriend who was just sort of using him as a like an arm candy publicity hound. She's an actress. Um, and he would like her to stay gone, <laughs> but he also needs some good publicity. And Sophia has been basically second in command to her father at his company, the family company. She's, if not a billionaire, very wealthy in her own right because of her own work and her family money. Um, but the father is looking to retire and is talking about putting her sort of wastrel brother in charge because he's a boy, um, because that somehow makes him better suited, even though he doesn't even come to work most days and has no idea. Um, so initially she and Cole agree to um, a fake engagement sort of to provide some job security for her, hopefully that if dad saw that, oh look, because Cole's, Cole's company was a client of dad's company. Um, you know, big, that's a little tricky. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, look, dad, <laughs> I've engaged to one of your big, your big clients, you know, you don't want to hose me because maybe he'll go elsewhere kind of thing, trying to get her some job security. Um, plus then it shines up his public image a little bit as well, because he's got this, you know, pretty young thing on his arm too now. Um, and then they end up, um, falling in love. They do get married. Um, but it, it at that point they they it kind of maybe doesn't count as marriage of convenience because they fall in love and they both have qualms about the idea of a marriage of convenience or a fake relationship because they they don't necessarily want to make a mockery of things um and they end up falling in love with each other before they actually follow through on anything being fake so which which i kind of liked because because they asked all the questions and they came up with answers that made them say, you know what, let's, let's not do this for fake. Let's just do this for real. <laughs> um, which I liked, but I still think it kind of counts because that was sort of the idea behind it's where it. it was going. It was where it was one, going. Yeah. 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 So we're, um, we're long and Valerie's battery is dying. So, uh, As you, you can have, see, I'm not at home. There's yeah. a whole lot going on here. If you have a fast final thought, anyone? No, Lewin, remind everyone where they can find you and your books. Um, you can find me on my website. It's lewinho.com. All right. And is your, um, your YouTube channel, you're doing free oh, audio on your YouTube channel. Is that linked on your website as well? Yes, okay. <laughs> I finally got it up there. Okay, excellent. Because she has some fabulous books up in AI audio for free right there on YouTube as well. You want to check those out for sure. So thank you everyone for joining us at Story Chats. Um, don't forget to let us know your favorite marriage of convenience story or why you don't read them. If you don't like them, it's okay. Let us know. <laughs> Leave us a comment. When you're there on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>